0: You are listening to Centrist Madness. Our guest today is Sergei Goryasko. Yes. Who is a journalist at, uh, Russia BBC. And, um, yeah, we are super excited to have you on to, uh, to finally, uh, have a podcast talk in Russia.
1: Yeah. Proper Russia episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, so much of how we talk about Russia in the United States is about, um, things Russia does to us, but I thought it would be good if we could talk about things actually happening in Russia. Um, uh, for example, uh, this past week, it seems like some strange things are happening culturally, uh, with, uh, a television ad for sushi that became quite controversial. Um, and led to someone being arrested. Uh, can you explain exactly what happened there?
2: Well, uh, it's, it's actually a bit more complicated that somebody has been arrested. Well, guys, first of all, thanks for inviting me. It's really great to be here with you and uh, talk about uh, some Russian politics from the inside. As I've been working as a journalist in DC uh, a couple of years ago, and that uh, was I was also very fun, very fun to talk uh, to Americans about how it's uh, going on in Russia itself and uh, breaking or creating any st- of stereotypes well and uh, as for this ad uh it's been a uh, really controversial story and uh has been a restaurant who makes sushi you're quite right who uh created an ad with uh, with a black guy and uh, nothing actually strange about that in fact and there are lots of uh, ads like those uh, online and on the streets and nobody actually care but in this time uh there were some guys who were upset about that and they uh they are called as it's, it's a very funny uh group which call themselves as a uh, men's state so there's a guy who is uh, like extremely homophobic and uh mm-hmm. extremely anti, anti-gay anti uh White pride and they, all these uh, things, like well. So, but uh, his uh, he's running a quite a popular channel on one of the Russian social media platforms, uh, are like many of them. But uh, and sometimes they're blocked. But uh, he's got his own channel on Telegram. You've heard of Telegram? I think this mm-hmm. is, uh, this chat system. Yeah, and uh, uh, quite often they. uh, he chooses a target there and he asks his followers to, uh, start like a, well, it's just like a war online against uh-huh. those who he doesn't like. Right. And this time it was this, uh, sushi restaurant, which, uh, ran with this, uh, with this social, uh, with this ad, with that guy. Uh, but, uh, it turned out that, uh, this restaurant was were quite brave guys and they decided not to take the ad down. And moreover, uh, a very popular and extremely influenced uh, Russian uh, social like internet platform, Yandex, which is basically like Google in Russia. Uh, it's a search engine which also runs uh, self-driving cars at Google, uh, an app for taxi, and even an app for ordering food. And this restaurant wasn't this app. And, uh, they tried to take it, take this restaurant down, uh, also through trying to minimize its rating on the app. And those guys from this, uh, IT company, Yandex, they, uh, stood against that. And finally that, uh, leader of this man's state wrote in his channel that, okay, guys, now we should stop because, uh, those guys are powerful and they will hunt us down or take us down and, uh, we should stop our, crucial <laughs> war so <laughs> it's, it's basically really stupid but well uh in this case the story went uh it went viral and uh, uh personally i'm really glad that uh, yandex fought back and this restaurant also fought back but just a couple of months ago was another story there is a very uh, a very popular russian well quite a popular russian shop which uh sells uh organic food and uh and stuff it's basically like uh, trader joe's in the u.s Mm -hmm. less probably less uh big but still its name is вкусville and a couple of months ago they ran an ad uh, about different families who buy food at the place. one of the families was an actual family of uh four girls living together and uh it was good. It was really cool to have this ad online to see like uh, how uh, how it can be different. But of course, it draws. So it's like two of,
0: two women in a relationship,
2: uh, in kids. Two or? and two, yeah. Uh, they they had. I, I believe they had kids. I'm I'm really uh, really afraid of making a mistake here. But, oh, okay, yeah, uh, but there was a, it was, like there was a family, yes, yes, right. it was an LGBT family. Yes, yeah, yes, it was an LGBT family definitely, and uh, was quite great to see those, uh, on the ad because, well, uh, you know, it was a Russian anti-gay law and, uh, you can't just, uh, make any sort of lgbt propaganda <laughs> whatever it means but uh still they ran with his head, and we need to understand that well of course is a very big and quite powerful organization with uh, different departments and uh, with uh, stores all around the country and it couldn't be ran without uh, the uh, well without the si- sign off the supervisors and with the bosses and still they after was a media uh, shitstorm can be named like that and they were mm-hmm. Lots of those people, both from this man state and just guys who are homophobic, they were raged with this advertising. Of course, we ran a very strange uh, statement. They took down the advertising and they uh, they wrote something like, we don't support that. It uh, ran without the sign-off of our supervisors. It was a management mistake. We are sorry we're not going to run this ad. And uh, after that, course, people who are uh, pro LGBT, who are who don't uh, accept those sort of anti-gay laws and stuff, they decided to boycott Roosevelt. Uh But still, the shop exists and it's uh, business going fine. But uh, the the worst thing here is that uh, uh, it was easy to track down the family uh, which uh, who were on this uh, advertising on these photos online, and uh, guys who were enraged about this advertising, they uh, tracked. Tracked them down, tracked those women down on their social media accounts. And they started with, uh, started writing really, uh, really hard and uh, very uh, awful things. Um, and, uh, well, all in all they had to leave the country. So now they're living abroad. That's crazy. So it was like an actual family in this ad. They weren't actors or whatever. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. And they, and they actually broke their lives because first they were supporting them. And after that, they, took all this support back, they ran with this awful statement, basically, and uh, it all ended up like they are—they uh, were in exile now because they are—they are afraid for their lives. That's
1: really nuts. And honestly, I mean, this is terrible. Um, but what's what seems um, what it makes me think about is that that's, uh, Russia has a, you know far right-wing fascism problem just like we do um and uh it's you know i don't want
2: to say it's a grassroots movement but it's not a
1: movement driven by the government really
2: it's not now you know well um there was a page in russian history uh like a decade ago probably a decade and a half russian government tried to uh play with those guys who, um, have, uh, far right views, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, it was, um, I believed that they could, uh, if they could support them and, uh, talk to them like, uh, in a normal way, they could probably, uh, uh, they could probably be good with that and they would be manageable. Like, uh, you have this, uh, a far right party or right far right movement, but you know uh, those who are, le- you know, the leaders, and they won't do anything bad, and uh, you are uh, you managing the situation. So they thought that if uh, if they manage this, if they will actually lead it, it won't bring much problems. Uh, it was a strange thing to do, but still, and turned out it didn't turn out that good because uh, those guys finished with uh, actually killing some people. Right. was a journalist uh, and uh, a human rights lawyer uh, and attorney uh, who were shot dead in the Moscow city center in 2009, was Anastasia Baburova and Alexander Markilov. Uh, also, there were uh, other people who were killed, stabbed, uh, or just beaten to death uh, in other parts of the, in Moscow, in other parts of Russia, uh, back a decade ago. And... Uh, uh, those who were uh leaders of that movement they ended up in jail uh the leader uh got sentenced for life uh and but still well uh, there were some uh people dead actually and uh after that russian government stopped uh uh giving any support to those uh to those groups so they, the first the strategy was to lead them and mm-hmm. uh and they thought that it could be manageable but uh it turned out that not and uh, now they are they're not leading them at all. There was another um it's not about far far right, but it was like an, um, uh <laughs> those who were imperialistic, uh those who uh, the movements which uh which self-created in 2014 after Russia annexated the uh Crimea peninsula and uh because well after that, you know, uh, lots of people went to uh, to Donbass, to Donetsk. Uh, the, Eastern Ukraine to fight for this new Russian world, a new mm-hmm. Novorossia. And uh, those were also uh, at first managed by, uh, supported by the government. But uh, now, well, more than five years after, it's it's not, uh, uh, the end they're not supported. They don't get money. And they are actually upset about that because like they are forgotten. And uh, many people actually died at the war going there and, in belief that somebody would help them and somebody will help their families but uh it turned out not that good and Damn. this guy from from uh, from this man's state uh he's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, i believe his detention uh on the border not the russian border was not uh well actually at first we don't have the uh actual confirmation that he's been detained he's, he's been uh he's been in jail uh after trying to cross the border because uh back in the day person uh actually uh tried to uh, uh stage his death so he actually there was mm. a post online with his uh, him lying on the stairs with blood over his chest and <laughs>
0: yeah like, did it look real
2: uh, not too much, but some media actually believed in that, and they wrote uh, news news lines. Uh, not the
0: worst fake death ever.
2: Being no. stabbed, yeah. So, yeah. but when it turned, then uh, it, it turned out that he's alive. He just uh, did that. I don't know why actually he did that. Because I remember the this story. So, so that was yeah. that guy. Okay, it was a bucket yeah, he, he list thing, him. you know. Yeah. He, he had to check probably. it off. Stage death. <laughs> probably, probably right. Yeah. I don't know. Are there are there any uh, far right activists in the U.S. who try to do the same thing, like st- stage, their, stage own death their own and own stage, death. stage their arrest oh, somewhere? The next you know, we, board... we
1: do small time stuff. So they, they like stage um, like uh, I don't know if you know about this, but in the 2008 election, uh, the uh, the day before the election, um, uh, a young lady staged a uh, hate crime where she said a black man assaulted her and then like wrote B on her face for Barack Obama. <laughs> and this was an attempt to uh this was an attempt to make Obama's you know campaign look bad so he would lose. Um and uh so we're we're still in a much sillier phase than faking deaths and stuff.
2: Well, that's insane. <laughs>
1: yeah well <laughs> the thing that she forgot is that um She looked in the mirror to do it, so she did it backwards. Mm. Reverse it in terms of what a person would do to your face when they looked at it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh man. That seems very on brand. She did time. (laughs) She went to jail for doing this when it was
2: Yes. How was it classified? Like uh, Uh, filing filing a false police report. Oh, okay. She, she 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 actually went to the police? Yes. And, oh, uh, man. <laughs>
1: and it was, uh, I think the judge like threw the book at her, which was like six months, you know, under. Uh, but yeah, so we've had things like that. And, you know, our far right activists, they do stuff. Um, they do crazy stunts like that. Um, yeah. I do, well, so- I do. I do get the sense that Russian far right activists are more dangerous. I mean, you know, they have militias that are in Ukraine right now, right?
2: It's a bit more complicated than that, actually, because uh, they have militias in Ukraine, yeah, but uh, this, uh, well, let's call it probably a market of uh, private uh, war companies, private uh, soldiers companies. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's actually a monopoly and they are run by one person with uh, really strong links with Kremlin. You've probably heard about him because he's also been designated as a uh, leader of a troll factory. His name is uh, Evgeny Prigozhin. And uh, he also runs this uh, private campaign uh, in Ukraine and also in Syria, Central African Republic, Sudan, Indonesia, all all over the world. Yeah, he this denies guy is
0: that. a high performer. I mean, he's doing the Troll well, Factory we have, and we the have
1: our of that too. That's wow. our Eric Prince. We have Eric Prince who.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard about him too. Yes. Uh, oh, well, the th- thing is with Prigozhin is that he denies any uh, wrongdoing and he claims himself to be just a uh, just a businessman who has a mm-hmm. couple restaurants in Saint Petersburg, it's uh, uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, hometown. Um, but actually, it turned out that uh, back in the day, uh, back in two thousands, Prigozhin held a dinner for Putin and uh, probably for George W. Bush, and uh, also with they uh, had this dinner with. Tony Blair, this uh, the UK's prime minister. Uh, well, it was early Putin. Two thousands, those people came to, mm. uh, to Russia often, mm. and uh, and they were having dinners at those restaurants which were owned by Prigozhin. And uh, after that, uh, step by step, he became a guy who's called like Putin's chef. He actually has a uh, a company which uh, provides food uh, at the Kremlin's. Um, well, there are, when there are some uh sort of dinners or and somebody hmm. when there are some sort of felicitations, well, whatever. They, was uh, that the dinner when,
0: when Bush gazed into Putin's soul?
2: Uh, gazed probably into his yes. eyes. Uh, I'm not, his, not that sure about that, but probably probably. They had they had, dinner a, mm-hmm. <laughs> they had dinner at a uh, was a restaurant which was on the uh on the boat uh, in St. Petersburg, so uh place place. i can picture yeah. it yeah
0: the sun was setting you know they just opened a wine uh,
2: <laughs> their exactly. eyes
0: locked and, and bush was like i, I can trust
2: him. him he's a good guy <laughs> yeah well first mm-hmm. bush did like him actually there were some uh talks that he's he's happy that uh with putin he thinks that they have some strong even emotional connection but well, whatever mm-hmm that iraq happened and it all went wrong uh and uh, then in uh, 2014 after the Crimean annexation they were those uh, strange guys who never existed before who got guns and as putin told that they bought stuff somewhere at the special shops which is not actually possible in russia this is a yeah, yeah. Well, it okay. was little green men and the Crimea Peninsula. They were actually Russian, uh, secret forces, uh, those, uh, special operation forces. But green men, uh, in Donetsk, they were, uh, not, not quite that. They were people who, uh, had military experience, but they were not in r- Russian army. Gotcha. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and uh, Kremlin started using Prigozhin as a proxy. So when they needed to, uh, their men on the ground, but they didn't want to just really send troops, they kept him. And he created this whole system of recruitment and transportation of different people uh, with military or without military experience. After that, he, he came up with a training base uh, in the southern Russia. And uh, so, how he does that of course with uh, some support obviously from the DOD because uh they actually got guns and some uh, some equipment which is available only for those who working with the ministry of defense uh, and it was it's been recently proved uh by the pbc Russian and Persian they had a uh Joint investigation of uh, Russia's and Prigozhin's activities in Syria and uh, all over the Middle East, and uh, they found an iPad of one of the mercenaries, and they've uh, managed to unlock it and look through some documents which were stored on that uh, on that uh, on the pad. And it turned out that uh, Prigozhin, uh, well, I believe mean, it wasn't actually an iPad; it was a Samsung tablet, but whatever. And they were documents which actually proved that uh, Russian Ministry of Defense did provide some weapons and some equipment to Prigozhin's companies. So, Kremlin just, uh, well, it, it's becoming more and more difficult to deny their connections. Still, they, they do that. They're they pretty deny- good at denying, though. So, yeah, they are. They do. Totally yeah. yeah, if
0: anyone can do it, I think it's them.
1: It's, it, it, would you say that their relationship with him, the Russian government's relationship with him is um, a direct relationship or is it like someone that they're trying to manage?
2: No, that's that's totally a direct relationship. He, he uh, well, uh, it could be true that uh, once or twice he's done something that Kremlin actually didn't approve and wow. uh well it's but uh that's it's only an assumption from me because uh i'm just not sure that uh, some of the things he's done could be approved by kremlin but those are awful things and uh actually sometimes uh it turns worse that Probably that's been proved as well. He had a phase uh, with he's, fusion he's, cooking he's,
0: for a while and the Kremlin wasn't <laughs> wasn't on board. Um, there were some words spoken and you know, he reined it back back into the more traditional fare. Yeah.
2: Well, actually there was a joke about him that probably once he, his, uh, his food uh, at the dinner, well, when Putin was dining at his restaurant, was not that good. And then Putin decided to punish him. And he made Prigozhin to do the worst things that Russia do, like <laughs> creating a mercenary company, killing nationals <laughs> abroad, uh, like yeah. creating this setting <laughs> so up this just troll want to factory, cook. Please, having all cook. these sanctions, and he asks you, "Well, please, I won't, I won't, I won't make that soup again. No, never." He says, "No, that's that's it. You're done. man. <laughs> you forgot about this uh, Putin's favorite ice cream. Mm-hmm. So that's it."
0: Nice. Um, well, I definitely so we gonna... were
2: talking about these far right activists. Mm-hmm. Just to sum it up, so uh, we probably assume that guys who are working for Prigozhin, some of them are also far right activists, and you can assume that those who are uh, fighting wars in the eastern Ukraine also are. But uh, this uh, is a different. Uh, Part of this m- movement, if we call it like that, because, uh, guys from this men's state, they probably have the same views, but they are not actually fighting anywhere. They're not having, uh, weapons in their possession. Well, I hope. And, uh, they are not, uh, definitely they're not mercenaries. at. What's well, very campus. much like the American style. Um, yeah, p- well, probably. Yeah. Okay. So, That's- but still they are dangerous because, uh, sure. probably not that, uh, guy, uh, Nikov, who is uh, running this men state uh, social media platforms, because he's just, a, uh, he's just a guy who loves talking. He hasn't actually killed anybody or, uh, well, he's, he's not been charged with that. He hasn't been given death threats or something, but he is running a bunch of guys who are capable of that. And that is really dangerous because uh, he, he can't control them. Uh, he writes uh, some, some uh, things about, uh, well, uh, asking them to do hate crime, asking them to, uh, to to track, hunt down somebody on the social media platforms and uh, a couple of times after, probably some of them will actually take a knife sure. or something worse sure. and go and kill somebody. So well,
1: like the, in, the a, in, a, in America, we have the Proud Boys which seemed very silly at first and was started by sort of an iconoclastic um, writer. Um, but then the, the movement took on a life of its own that he can't control anymore, and they ended up in the Capitol. Uh, so I think, I think that's a good point, that it might seem silly at first,
2: but it can take on a life of its own they did seem silly at first because they were like a bunch of incels those well right. they, you've heard, yeah you've heard about them and they were all they were also about that as well they gave some shit interviews online and uh, uh at first they were uh like somebody noticed them, and then they forgot about them. But uh, this year, after they uh, well, well, they were participating in this campaign against this couscous shop. They were participating in this campaign against the restaurant, and they actually writing threats to my colleagues who were working in different uh, uh, DV or online uh, uh, online magazines, and uh, who were doing uh, just well. Uh, they were doing pieces about, uh, like, feminism, about crime against women. Uh, well, they were just doing their job, actually. And now they're getting uh, threats online on their social media platforms, uh, on Instagram. Some Somebody's been trying to uh, hack uh, my, my friend's uh, Instagram account multiple times, uh, uh, in each story, they write death threats. So it's uh, probably it's not dangerous now, but it's at least pretty annoying. And it's possibly dangerous. Potentially, it's, it's not a good thing at all. So, and you don't know how to fight with them actually because, well, as you start doing that, you, well, they they become more and more.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah, it's maybe not even worth it. But uh, it seems like a, a problem that is created. It's a worldwide by- problem. Yeah, created by social media, right? Where it's like who knows what what the uh, fringe mob you're gonna well, rile up and is it worth it to try to like fight these people or do you just like capitulate to them and like how do you well it's like yeah
1: I find it unbelievable, but like QAnon is a worldwide movement. Like I don't know if QAnon has really penetrated Russia, but in, Not in, much, I believe, but uh, but in Western Europe there hurts. are QAnon uh, movements, which is hard to fathom that such an insular American conspiracy theory would become a worldwide phenomenon.
0: Uh, although I mean, very just, flattering, what? Uh, although very
1: flattering. Oh, that, oh you yeah, know, <laughs> we're good at conspiracy theories.
0: We? Yeah, well, <laughs> we probably Russia. have
1: more conspiracy theories per capita than any other country right probably yeah conspiracy theory is that uh the movie pitch perfect was about 9 11 (laughs) i've heard this theory we have (laughs) discussed it before (laughs) okay save that we're gonna do a
0: whole
2: episode on that
1: conversation at the moment
2: (laughs) i'd love to listen to that because um I'm not that uh, good at different conspiracy theories. I don't know many of them, but I definitely would like to hear this one you've talked about. <laughs> so oh, I will be uh, following for this episode, guys. I'm, I'm going to find the YouTube video. You can watch it. Even I enjoy the conspiracy comes-
1: theory that Sylvester Stallone died 35 years ago and has been replaced by a different guy. <laughs> it was like a, like a washed up singer from the 60s or something that got heavy plastic surgery to look like Sylvester Stallone.
2: Yeah. Okay. Have you have you heard about the conspiracy theory that there are uh, many of Vladimir Putin's?
1: There oh are no! A of I, Putins? I just
2: learned about the first one recently. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. So there is actually a conspiracy theory that uh, Putin died like uh, probably two decades ago and's been replaced by uh, some clones oh. of people who just look like him. And I've... there are different ones for different occasions. Like there mm-hmm. is the mo- the most popular is Gavarun. In English, that's talker, somebody who talks a lot. And who, and uh, this guy is uh, known of his public appearance. He he goes to all these State of Union addresses, press conferences, uh, some uh, does the stuff abroad and all of this. And he often, he of course, he gets tired and. We need a replacement. So, there are some replacements. Uh, one is uh, uh, Udmurt. It's actually uh, a name of a nation in in Russia. One of the different nations who are uh, who live in, in our country. Uh, yeah, uh, well, they uh, live uh, in the Siberia, and uh, this guy is a bit fatter and uh he doesn't he doesn't do talking but he goes to uh different public uh public occasions public uh, scenes so he just do, does stuff mm-hmm. uh, there's another one who's even more rare because he doesn't look like putin very much and there are some bad copies he Who plays that. hockey which one of them plays hockey uh it's a good point I, I don't remember who does that but there is a special guy for that as well because like, he's really
1: good i mean he, he yeah, it, so, <laughs> so,
2: and there are actually well according to different theories there are like uh from eight to even 12 of them <laughs> so, wow
0: <laughs> you know if this was true he wouldn't have had to amend the constitution he could have just could have just served separate terms yeah probably yeah right get around those term limits
1: I remember we had a fake Melania. That was a big part of our discourse was discussing if there was a second Melania. um, Because Melania Trump is kind of seen rarely in public. Mm -hmm. And so like she would go without being seen in public for like a month. And when she's finally seen, people would be like, wait a second, is this really Melania?
0: Yeah. It's not clear if there was, but if there was, they both definitely hated the president.
2: <laughs> that, yes, that was consistent between the two so people. He got like two times more hatred than he could. Yes, wasn't what was, it, was, was diff, really difficult for years. <laughs> it was oh, brutal, was it? brutal. Was it so ever? many
0: hand slaps and everything. I wanted uh, I wanted to ask about like uh, Novani um, and kind of like get the scoop on on him. Um, uh, I guess. We, I, I don't really know too much about him other than like he's kind of the opposition figure. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to like, you know, maybe get a little more perspective on like who he is and like how he kind of like came to this position of being a sort of a unifier of the opposition.
2: All right. So, uh, the last 10 years of Russian opposition in one minute. Uh, <laughs> Navalny's been a, <laughs> we'll
0: give Probably you two a- we'll give you two
2: okay uh he started as a quite uh popular blogger and also you'll be you'll be flattered uh a bit of a far-right opposition figure mm-hmm. so he's been against illegal migration against like uh people coming from uh ex ussr countries to russia uh a bit of a white power but not much and uh like a, uh, like a smart nationalist, something like that. Okay. Uh, that was uh, almost 20 years ago. Um, back in the day, 2010, he started writing about corruption on his blog on the live journal platform. Uh, quite, quite fast. His blog, his blog became really, uh, started attracting much using and he's been like in the top of the live journal in like Russia. Um, uh, Navalny's been fighting mostly gas and oil companies where he had shares as a uh, well as a, a guy who played uh, on the stocks uh, he had some shares in those companies like mm-hmm. a, uh, not much but still and uh, as this person, he got access to some documents. He got access to some people. And so he could run proper investigations. It was quite difficult for, uh, just regular people to understand because those were, uh, quite sophisticated schemes to, uh, launder money, but still. Um, and he made, uh, some, uh, anti-corruption projects, hired some people and started like, uh, fighting those, uh, this corruption really hard. They were talks that Probably he's connected to the Kremlin because uh, Kremlin had, back in the day was uh, had his main rhetoric to fight the corruption. Uh, and uh, there were talks that probably Navalny will be invited to in the government. Uh, none of that happened. And uh, in 2011, there were really controversial elections in the Russian state Duma. And uh, Navalny's been uh, running a, well, a whole campaign to uh make people vote for any party but uh against uh, the United Russia the main ruling mm-hmm. of Russia. and it actually worked because lots of people went to uh well went to vote and not no and actually many people went to observe the elections and they've so- seen that uh it's actually crooked. They've seen people who are throwing ballots inside like in packs and how they were rewriting the results and that created a really um, a big, quite a massive protest which Russia hasn't seen in the last 20 years. So hundreds of thousands of people went on the streets in Moscow and St. Petersburg in different Russian cities and uh, they were protesting those elections. Uh, in 2012, in the beginning of 2012, there were presidential elections and where Putin had to uh, decided to come back, and uh, he came, he was coming back uh, while these protests occurred. Uh, he won the elections, as we've as we know, and uh, these protest movement have been well quite uh, probably shrugged. Well, they they, had, they uh, some people were arrested. Uh, uh, like the revolution ended without even having started. But Mm -hmm. Navalny... So the 2012, that's that's the one that Putin blamed on Hillary Clinton, right? Uh, For instigating those those 2012 protests? Kremlin has been blaming this on Europe, on the US, but, uh, well, it was difficult to find any proofs that Navalny had actually uh, any connections to them. And Navalny has been working really hard to... uh, Make uh, to no uh, n- not to prevent from anybody from saying that he's working with the United States because or with any foreign countries, so he's not been doing any uh, trips abroad. He's not been going to the embassies uh, while talking to the ambassadors and stuff like that. So, uh, but at that time, he uh, started as a politician and uh, in 2013, there were Moscow mayor's elections and Navalny uh, participated and he actually came second and uh, It was an amazing result for an opposition figure uh, because uh, never mind all this uh, administrative resource and that uh, the whole uh, state propaganda machine has been working on the city mayor, for the city mayor, and doing everything for him to to win. Navalny still got like almost 30% of votes, and that's quite a lot. So uh, since that time, Kremlin couldn't... uh, ignore him because at first he, could right. he said that it's just a blogger uh he's uh supported by nobody and that's uh that's ridiculous to talk about him. and uh it, it changed a bit still putin didn't uh has had ever called him by his name he also mm-hmm. says like that person that politician you've mentioned uh or berlin patient <laughs> but we'll come to that later right uh then it was 2014, Russia annexated the Crimea. Putin's ratings really, like, came really high. And uh, it seemed like Navalny doesn't have any chance. But uh, a couple of years later, in 2018, he started, uh, well, back in in 2017, he started his presidential campaign. Uh, At that time, Navalny has been already charged uh, for, like, some, as he claims that that's... uh, he claims that he's innocent, but uh, still he uh, got charged on embezzlement uh, in 2014. He didn't serve any actual jail term, but uh, he had a postponed sentence. Like uh, he was, uh, uh, right. he was Put on
0: probation or something. Pre- probation, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um,
2: and he started his presidential campaign uh, while he understood that he could probably not been it uh, would probably not register him to those elections he won't probably be uh, capable to participate still he opened uh, his, um, uh, his he made his movement uh, across the whole Russia so he made lots of trips uh, in different cities from uh, the Far west, Kalingrad to the far east, Vladivostok, uh, the mm-hmm. whole country. And uh, he he didn't have his own party, but he created like his small uh, uh, places with like a couple of people who work there for him uh, in each uh, big Russian city. And that uh, uh, probably uh, made Kremlin angry. They didn't let him to participate in the elections. Putin won them, and but still, Navalny has been trying to uh, to get to the power. and mm-hmm. uh, And after that, he realized that if he is not led to the elections, and his supporters were also banned from participating in the elections, he will just uh, do his the very best work he knows how to do. He will be doing the investigations. Uh, it's really. Difficult with the investigative journalism in Russia, as you know, like there are very uh, few places uh, in the media where you can do that. And there are lots of restrictions, obviously. And uh, every media who does them uh, is afraid of going to the court. And it's because it could be just, uh, you could take all your money and you will be. You will have to do anything, You will just have. You won't be able to do anything but to close and to shut down your operations. And Navalny has not been afraid of that, and he's not not been afraid of any uh, court decisions, as he doesn't think that uh, he claims that uh, all the courts in Russia are are not fair, and he's been doing those investigations a lot. Uh, First against well, one of the most prominent was against uh, the uh, Prime Minister Medvedev was before the. Sitting prime minister Muszynski.
0: Right, he was the guy yes. who had a house for his ducks, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that came well,
1: out. I mean, you from know, the ducks.
0: Yeah, he got a lot of you got wow. a lot of flag for that, but you got ducks. Yes. You got to put them somewhere. You got a
1: lot of flock for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our first uh. terrible pun of the podcast.
2: Carry on. That's, that's, that's Another actually reason like,
0: for me to speak. <laughs>
2: It's actually a good investigation because uh, it uh, it's it's like a uh, we we need a, a whole movie about that uh, because uh, Navalny started it. Be, uh, uh, Medvedev had a very uh, uh, fine and uh, uh, very sophisticated system of covering up his traces, and uh, but he made he made a mistake. He uh, he ordered a brand new new balance uh, from his partner's account, and he ordered those shoes to his uh, government home. So uh, Navalny just managed to track down that email, which came up of uh, some... uh, pile of uh, hacked emails by another wow. Russian group well it's really difficult but so he uh, got found
0: out because he ordered shoes to his it all
2: started government shoes. yeah that's crazy yeah. so yeah. Uh, it, w- it, w- it was crazy yes yeah. so, and uh, Navalny has been really great in this uh, storytelling and as he's a charismatic person he started his YouTube channel and uh, he posted all this really sophisticated and great filmed investigations there. And it started gaining like the first tens of thousands, then hundreds of thousands, then millions, and tens of millions of views. And it created this, uh, uh it's his popularity, because at first he's been popular amongst those people who are interested in politics. But after that, when he, uh, managed to find a way to explain really uh, sophisticated and really difficult corruption schemes just on his fingertips and just on this very entertaining and funny, sometimes even funny way. Well, you all remember about this uh, duck's home of the Russian prime minister. Uh, It it gained a lot of attention from different people, especially from young ones. And they became his strong supporters. And uh, well, all in all, after that, Kremlin's been uh, afraid of him because at uh, Medvedev's investigation, it led to really uh, big protests in Moscow. So tens of thousands of people came out on the streets uh, protesting uh, Medvedev's corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, he's been, at first in, uh, in the in late 2000s, he's been seen as a liberal president, uh, the guy who could be loved. And uh, back in 2012, they were people who were uh, begging Medvedev to stay and not to let Putin uh, came back to power. Uh, But still, it turned out that Medvedev's been really big Putin's friend and he was not a real president, in (laughs) fact. His liberal views were like a bit of a fake. And, Mm. uh, well, now he ended up with a very... Strange position in the Security Council and, uh, It seems like a vice president uh, situation. Uh, a little bit, yes, but, uh, it seemed like a vice president situation till 2020 when okay. Putin changed, amended the constitution and, uh, Medvedev stepped back, stepped down from this, uh, prime minister's office. At the time it was done with this, uh, uh Putin Medvedev, uh, brotherhood them if you like it so uh they were seen as partners uh probably putin's been a senior partner but still now right. medvedev is like nobody and putin is all alone so it's it's like that uh so uh government and putin obviously were uh pissed off with navalny and uh, it all ended in 2020 when uh navalny has been poisoned and yeah. uh, it turned it turned out that he's been well a, he, has, he had his investigation, which claims that he's been poisoned by the FSB officers, by the Russian uh, Secret Service. And uh, when he came back from his... Uh, it was a radioactive his, uh, poison, right? Uh, it was not a radioactive poison as with Litvinenko, but it oh. was a chemical weapon. It was the same poison that ah. was used against, uh, against right. Skripal. But if not something that's easy to get poison. your hands
0: on if you're just, you know,
2: no, working no, at a tea no, shop. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's that's that's not possible. Yeah. And uh, I was the thing, it could not be, uh, it was difficult to, Undo that because uh, since they found traces of that poison, uh, it was difficult to claim that uh, those people just somebody created it. Navalny well, tried to poison himself. Well, if you right. try to poison himself and stage this poison, he wouldn't get the. Well, <laughs> to I mean, you know, the CIA could have done it. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a, was a good point actually. It was it could be explained really really. Easy, like okay. Nobody have seen those guys. Navalny claims they are who are his poisoners, as those who actually poisoned him. So nobody have seen them to enter his room, break break in his room to put poison on his uh, on his uh, bottle of water and something like that. And it could be said that well, we have these secret officers who guard Navalny from poisoning of the CIA, but well, CIA has been stronger. But still, (laughs) Valley's done the most crazy thing, probably, as ever, politician has done. He actually managed to call one of the guys who were uh, in this group who poisoned Mm -hmm. him. And that guy, and that guy actually admitted. And it was done. So, but now, like, Russian government, uh, does everything to uh like to forget this story. And the villain is just a uh, convicted felon who's uh, doing his jail term right. for embezzlement and, uh, he, and that's he, it.
0: Yeah. Cause he came back to the country. He he was flew, crazy and he crazy flew and to crazy. Europe to get treatment for the poisoning. Yes. And then yes. this motherfucker flies back. I mean, yeah. Holy shit. That's yeah. that major props there. Cause there's no way I would have gone back personally. I,
2: I personally I uh, do, do, I've been uh, waiting for his plane to uh, touch down at the Vnukovo uh, airport in Moscow and uh, I till the very last moment I believe that he, he won't come back That he will just like stay in the plane or do something mm-hmm. something he, he won't he won't just come back because he will be definitely will be arrested or he will be even killed. I
1: remember that day when his plane was coming time. in and then it got diverted at the last minute.
2: Yeah, 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 Well, we're a bunch of journalists and activists who were waiting for him at the airport, and when we had to go to the another part of the of the city just to try to see him. And uh, well, it turned out it's not been possible because uh, they've uh they took him just after the border control.
0: hmm And so now he is in uh like a labor camp.
2: Yeah, he is there. Uh well it's not the worst labor camp in russia but still uh, all labor camps are pretty shitty yeah. let to be honest so uh he's doing his jail term which is not that big but um, even three years in russian prison could break you down but uh well a guy has been poisoned by a nerve agent uh, in- there are not, most, not many people who survived that, and he survived and he even decided to come back to his home country to uh, keep fighting against Putin. But, well, still we have. have. Uh, he could have stayed abroad. Lots of his, uh, well, the majority of his uh, team, they actually stayed abroad because uh, they realized that after his arrest, uh, they all will be arrested and uh, uh, there will be nothing to, that could be done about that. And Navalny is trying to, like, play as Nelson Mandela in this, mm-hmm. <laughs> in this story. I can't, we can't name him, like, as Nelson Mandela because of yeah. his but, uh Well, that's that's everyone. what I
0: wanted to talk about because, I don't know, like, uh I know when, when Putin first came to power, people didn't really know that much about him and kind of projected a lot on him. Like, oh, it's like this new fresh face and everything. And then it, it turned out, you know, he wasn't what everyone kind of hoped. So, like... Do you have worries about that with Novani? Like, suppose he does come to power somehow, uh, is is that going to be something that
2: we regret? Maybe I don't know. Well, uh, that's uh, in this case. I just believe that it's uh, it's really important to keep. People uh, changing uh, in the government, so whatever yeah. whoever comes to, to, to power, it's uh, you're ready to really roll the dice. Have the, system, mm-hmm. have the system of checks and balances for him and uh, the elections, which work to uh, take him down, even if he's not liked by uh, by other people. Like it happened with Trump in the U.S. Well, it's not was not a like a walk in the park with him, but it is uh, funny that there's no um, guiding principle to Navalny
1: other than anti-corruption um and like you can be anti-corrupt in a lot of bad ways actually <laughs> so like uh um you know i don't i remember amnesty international um, uh i can't remember the designation they have for political prisoners but they actually briefly revoked that status for navalny based on his views
2: um which was quite controversial um, it was, yes, but uh, it was a really weird situation with them. There was a prank phone call and, uh, the, uh, the guy from Amnesty believed uh, in that <laughs> prank and that oh. was, it was really super weird stuff with them. Well, uh, all in all, it, this designation with all due respect to Amnesty, it doesn't change anything <laughs> for Navalny and for people in Russia. So, whoever. I mean, it- th-
1: However, it represents, he's this, it represents this confusion about him and what he would do actually as president. Um, it does. Yeah. And I look at like the situation in Russia. You know, I don't um, you know, I think Russia hacked the DNC uh, and I wish they had not done that. I think uh, that was bad. <laughs> but um, but I look at Putin as someone who's trying to balance concerns and stay in power. Um, I don't look at him as a someone who has uh, just like Nalvani I don't think he has any um overarching political view. He's, He's got, got some like actually. nationalism
0: that seems authentic, right? Sure. Uh,
1: maybe like he seems I don't
0: know. annoyed he he seems annoyed by like uh, what happened after the the fall of uh, the USSR and like uh, he seems to take that personally as a former um
1: maybe
0: yeah kgb agent and
2: everything but you know the main thing about him is that uh, all benefits he has in his life he actually got them because of the fall of the ussr he's been a kgb agent in dresden it's uh, gdr german democratic republic it's uh eastern part of germany uh the best agents were sent to the west and uh, Mm -hmm. he's actually not been the best and after that he came back to saint petersburg where there was a mayor democrat anatoly Sobchak, who's been um he's been actually appointed as a mayor because of the perestroika and because of the possibility to the of the democratic reforms and big because of that, Putin gained some power. After that, when Subchak lost his elections, they took Putin as a part of a Democratic team to Moscow. And uh, uh, Yeltsin, another Democrat president, made him first uh, the director of the FSB and then the prime minister. So he's, uh, he is the product of the 90s. Of uh, politics. Which, of the, the, the politics of the 90s, which he uh, claims that he hates. Uh, but, but, but without the 90s, without the democratic reforms and the first Troika and stuff, Putin would no, never happen, actually. And, uh, at first he's been, he's been actually, he's been really trying, trying hard to, uh, become, uh, like, uh, not friends, but partners with the West and equal partners. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, probably he feels betrayed. Uh, this Afghanistan and uh, Iraq story, it's uh, he, in Serbia. It all uh, comes together in his mind as parts of the big betrayal of Russia by the West, and uh, he's offended, and he he thinks that he's been uh, he's annoyed with that. Uh, he thinks that he's been not been seen as a strong person who represents a strong country, mm-hmm. and which is why he started his. Uh, He's war against the West. Right. And, uh, well, so you think he wanted he started, the US to be like, stop. hey, like, you know,
0: Afghanistan is fucked up. Can you help us out? And like, he didn't want us just unilaterally invading Afghanistan or not unilaterally, but, you know, I mean,
2: pretty close to it. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, of course, he he's uh, probably uh, now he has some nostalgia about the USSR. He has his. Uh, Super liked uh, people from the USSR, like he, like Andropov, for instance, another ancient KGB chef and uh, uh, a head of the USSR for a couple of years, who's been a really powerful guy. Wait, did you
0: say he was a chef? Uh,
2: so, sorry, no, he was like about well uh, the. Uh, chief, like chief, chief. The oh, president. okay. I was like, I just thought, is I just every no, to, broker, yeah. broker in yeah. Russia, yeah. chef.
0: Like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's
1: I never thought that that Russia would be such a group of foodies.
2: Speaking of cooking, I am going to head out. Thank you okay. So much for well, we should. On. You guys can continue talking because I have had nothing
1: to add to the conversation. <laughs> no. so really, nothing is going to change. We haven't had much to I... add either. We've just yeah, been learning. I, That's true. Well, I, I mean, Sergei's just all killing it here. Me. Like, I don't know anything about anything. Well, they That's have borscht way. over there, right? That's their soup. Soup. Borscht's oh, that big. Big. <laughs> talking when,
0: soup. I, when, I, when I think of Russian food, I think of borscht. I think of uh, caviar.
2: It's actually Ukrainian. Borscht is, is Ukrainian. Oh, um, okay. Soup.
0: Interesting. <laughs> uh, I think.
1: Um, okay, the biggest question tonight is do I get the VIP tickets for Shaquille O'Neal? Sure, of course. He's a DJ now.
2: Nice. On that note, have a
1: good good turn,
2: good, good turn of a career.
1: <laughs> Coming on and, and have fun, guys. All right. Okay.
0: Thank you. You've been a fantastic guest. I mean, that was super informative. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you so much. It's really great having you on.
2: Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, really. Uh Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you.